Well, it's great to be back here with you. It's great to be back up here on this stage. It's weird without having you here, but I'm glad you're joining us online. And I'm going to start today with a question. And the question is this, what's the worst online purchase you made during this time of COVID? Tell us in the chat if you don't mind embarrassing yourself. And I'm not going to tell you mine. I'm actually going to share with you my wife, Celeste, instead. She said I could, I could so it's okay. Now, Celeste is not much of an online shopper. So when she called me one day to tell me she bought toilet paper online during the pandemic toilet paper crisis, I had one question for her. Why are you buying toilet paper online? Now, I was in Kelowna because my dad had just passed away and she was in quarantine because she just got back from BC with the kids. And uh, I was excited for her because she felt the sense of accomplishment. She doesn't like online shopping at all, but she figured out a solution for a potential problem because we knew we were going to run out of toilet paper. Now, I forgot all about this until about five weeks later when this bag about this big comes uh, and it finally arrived. And there's only one problem with her purchase. This is what we got. And I laughed because, well, at first I thought it was receipt paper. One, because of the size and two, because of the texture. And she thought she was getting 50 rolls, but we got 10 of these in a bag. So, I found it quite humorous. Celeste did not find it quite as funny. She felt ripped off because what she received was not as advertised. Then came the boots she ordered. She ordered a pair of keen boots and she said, this price is like a great price. And I said to her, this price is too good to be true. But she took a chance anyways. And here are the boots that she got. Now she got her money back. But she was frustrated again because one, like not many people can pull these off. Uh, and two, definitely again, it was not as advertised. And that's the title of this series that we're going to look at in the next few weeks. Not as advertised. Because there's nothing more frustrating than feeling like you have been overpromised and underdelivered. And we're going to take a look at three myths about Christianity that we often believe. You know, many people have believed similar things and they've walked away from their faith saying things like, you know what, I tried Christianity, but it just didn't work. But the problem is Jesus is not a genie in a bottle that comes out to fix our problems. It's a process where he lives in us and changes us from the inside out and walks with us during these troubles that we experience. And if you're just checking out who Jesus is or what church is like, man, I'm so glad you're here. But it's also important for you to get a good picture of what it really means to be a follower of Jesus. There are things that well-meaning people will say that may have been true for them, but they're not everyone's experience. And if you're checking out who Jesus is, or maybe you're feeling like you're just done with church, I don't want you to feel like you've been ripped off. So the first myth we're going to look at in this series is this. If Jesus is in your life, you will never be lonely. Now, people may not say it exactly like that, but it's implied in many of our comments. You know, loneliness seems to be this growing problem, not only in Canada, but around the world. Do a quick Google search of Google loneliness study. There are multiple academic studies that show how loneliness is affecting not only our physical, but our emotional health as well. In the UK, they even appointed a minister of loneliness. It's getting so bad that the government believes they need to step in and help. And loneliness is this deep, dark pit, and it feels like hell. 
So I'm actually going to use that word hell as an acrostic to talk about some of the reasons why we experience loneliness. And the first letter in hell is H, which stands for our humanness. You know, to understand why we feel lonely, it's important to look at who we are as people, what it means to be human. In the first two chapters of the Bible, there's this account of the creation of the world. And at every stage of creation, whether it be the plants, the animals, the seas, the sky, it ends up with this phrase with God saying, it was good. But when God looked at Adam, the lone human on the earth, this is what he said. And this is from the book of Genesis chapter two, verse 18. It says, the Lord God said, it is not good for the man to be alone. I will make a helper suitable for him. God's intention is not for us to live in isolation. We were created for community because we are created in the image of God. And God himself is a community. You'll hear the names God, the father, God, the son, and God, the spirit. And those are three persons who have eternally existed to make one being. Now, if you're new to faith, this is going to explode your mind. I've been a Jesus follower almost 25 years, and it still blows my mind to think about how that all works. But Genesis chapter two gives us this picture of what our humanity is supposed to look like, where people are in a right relationship with God. And because of that, they're in a right relationship with each other. And all God asked of them is that they trusted him and followed him for all of their needs. So here's the question. If we're created for community, why is it that we feel disconnected from community often? Why do we feel lonely? Well, if you keep reading in Genesis chapter three, Adam and Eve, they decided that they want the ability to determine what was right and what is wrong. And in essence, they decided that they were going to be the boss of their own life. They wanted to be their own God. So again, how does that contribute to me being lonely? Well, when Adam and Eve made that decision, it fractured their relationship with God. They were no longer in a close relationship with him. And it also fractured their relationship with each other. So not only did it affect their relationship, but all of ours as well. It's like this brokenness that they experienced has become part of our DNA. See, we were created for connection, but we have a heart problem that needs correction. And that leads us to the E in hell. E stands for our experiences. Sometimes the decisions we make can drive us to loneliness. You know, when I was 18, I grew up going to church, but I decided I was done with church, mainly because I wanted to be my own boss. I wanted to be my own God. I wanted to do what I wanted to do. To make a long story short, I made numerous bad decisions. I ended up in a bad place, drug addiction, drug dealing. And I was extremely lonely because even though I was surrounded by all these people that I thought loved me all the time I was around people, I was ashamed of what I was doing and who I had become. So I had all these people, but I hid from my family. I hid from my best friends and I distanced myself from them because I did not want them to see who I really was. But you know what? It's not only us bad people that experience loneliness though. Look at the apostle Paul in the book of second Timothy. Now the book of second Timothy is believed to be the apostle Paul who wrote much of the new Testament. 
It's believed to be his final letter. And it's written from Rome as he was awaiting execution. And you get this clear sense of his impending death in uh, 2 Timothy chapter 4, verse 6, is what we, you hear this, you see this verse. For I'm already being poured out like a drink offering, and the time for my departure is near. This is his last letter. He's, he's going soon. And this is what he writes to his young friend, Timothy. Do your best to come to me quickly. For Demas, because he loved this world, has deserted me and gone to Thessalonica. Crescens has gone to Galatia and Titus to Dalmatia. Only Luke is with me. Get Mark and bring him with you because he is helpful to me in my ministry. I sent Tychius to Ephesus. When you come, bring the cloak that I left with Carpus at Troas and my scrolls, especially the parchments. He wants his books and he wants his paper and he wants to write. And that's how he's going to end it off. But if we skip ahead to verse 16, he says, you know, at my first defense, no one came to my support. Everyone deserted me. May it not be held against them. But the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength. So that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be glory forever and ever. Amen. See, the apostle Paul is one of the greatest Christians of all time. Yet here he is in prison experiencing incredible loneliness. My loneliness came from the exact opposite of doing the exact opposite of what God wanted me to do. Paul's loneliness came from doing what God wanted him to do. He was a traveling church planter, a great influence, but even he was feeling lonely. So this is how I know if you have Jesus, you'll never be lonely. You know, some of his friends were gone because of bad decisions and some were gone because Paul had sent them off to do significant work. Either way, the circumstances of life can cause us to feel lonely. And loneliness is a feeling and it's not always your fault. And we need to remember that feelings help us diagnose our reality, but they don't determine our future. Paul has experienced a loss of freedom because he's in prison and he's experienced a loss of friends which leads us to our next letter, the L for loss. Some of us experience extreme loneliness because of our great loss in life. Some of us have experienced significant losses with people close to us who have died. As I said, my dad passed away March 15th. And I think about my mom often who lost her husband to 58 years. You know, they're at the age, they're in their 80s where death is not a surprise and they see it around them but the loneliness is still real. She tells me that she can do stuff during the day. She can clean the house all day, but she still has to go to sleep alone at night. And if you haven't watched last week's service and Derek's interview, I highly recommend that you do so. I love what he said when he talked about the moment his wife, Jackie slipped away from this life. And he said, I knew she let go of my hand and held on to Jesus hand, a bigger, better hand. But my hand was still empty. Maybe you've experienced divorce, and especially if you were the one fighting for your marriage, you feel that sting of loneliness. And there are any number of life circumstances that can contribute to us feeling lonely. It could be illness. It could be just being isolated because of COVID, friends moving away, not having a romantic partner if that's what you desire. And can I just say that Singleness does not need to equate to loneliness. 
We live in a society that puts a high value on romantic relationships. And if you're not in a romantic relationship, I just want to let you know that you're still a great, valuable person and you do not need another person to complete you. But sometimes when we experience this loss, it can lead us to believing lies about ourselves or who God is, which is our last letter, lies. One of the greatest characters in the Bible was David. He was Israel's king and he was known as the man after God's own heart. But even this spiritual giant felt loneliness. In Psalm 142, he says this, he says, I cry aloud to the Lord. I lift up my voice to the Lord for mercy. I pour out before him my complaint. Before him, I tell my trouble. When my spirit grows faint within me, it is you who watch over my way. In the path where I walk, people have hidden a snare for me. Look and see. There's no one at my right hand. No one is concerned for me. I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. I cry to you, Lord. I say, you are my refuge, my portion in the land of the living. Listen to my cry, for I am in desperate need. Rescue me from those who pursue me, for they are too strong for me. Set me free from my prison that I may praise your name. Then the righteous will gather about me because of your goodness to me. Now notice in verse four that he says, I have no refuge. No one cares for my life. Have you ever felt that way? I think to different degrees and at different times, we can all relate. But the trouble with statements like that is that they are not true. It may be an accurate way that we are feeling, but there are people that care about you. Some of the other lies we can believe are, you know what, I'm just an imposition on others. Maybe you believe that everybody's too busy to help me. Nobody cares as much as I do. These are the lies that I often listen to and that I often believe. See, I work alone in my basement most of the time. I work from home and I tend to spiral when things aren't going my way. I have these thoughts like, you know what? I help everyone else, but nobody helps me. And everyone else is busy. I probably shouldn't bother them with my problems because, you know, mine aren't as important as theirs. So what happens to me is happy-go-lucky Brent turns into sad and depressed Brent and then I just get sucked into that hell of loneliness, just like everybody else. And loneliness becomes this prison and I just throw away the key. So what do we do when we're in that kind of pit, when we feel in, we're in that pit of hell? I want to share three things that we can do to combat loneliness. And the first is to look up. It's important to ask yourself, who is God? And what is he trying to do here? Listen again to what the apostle Paul wrote after he admitted to feeling completely alone. In verse 17, he said, but the Lord stood at my side and gave me strength so that through me, the message might be fully proclaimed and all the Gentiles might hear it. And I was delivered from the lion's mouth. The Lord will rescue me from every evil attack and will bring me safely to his heavenly kingdom. To him be the glory forever and ever. Amen. See, Paul knew that God would be there for him at all times and that God will, God will walk with him through the darkest of days. It's easy for us to feel so alone that we believe even God doesn't understand what we are going through. God does know what we are going through and he cares. And do you know how I know? Because even Jesus himself felt incredible loneliness. 
You see, the whole Bible is this journey to get us back to that state of perfection in the Garden of Eden. And God did that by sending his son Jesus to pay the penalty for all the things we have done wrong so that we can be back in a right relationship with God and with each other again. And in order to do that, Jesus was abandoned by his followers. He was beaten. He was stripped. He was mocked and he was ultimately killed. And as he hung on a cross for us, he took all of our junk and all of our problems and he cried out these words from Matthew 27. It says, about three in the afternoon, Jesus cried out in a loud voice, Eli, Eli, lema sabachthani, which means, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? And in that moment, Jesus felt the ultimate in loneliness so that we could be in a relationship with him. So God does understand and he does care. And the first thing that we should do is to cry out to him and be honest about our loneliness. Now, if you're just checking out who Jesus is or you're trying to figure out how more about how he can have a greater impact in your life, would you consider signing up for our next alpha class? It's a spot where you can ask the questions that you need. You can learn all about who Jesus is and why he matters. You know, maybe you know who Jesus is and you've investigated some of that, but you've never taken that step to enter into a relationship with him. You've never really trusted him with your life. Would you consider doing that today? So after you look up and say, who is God and what is he doing? The next thing to do is to look in. Who am I? Who has God made me to be? Am I doing what God has created me to do? See, both Paul and David in these verses we looked at today were certain that God would bring them through because they were doing what it is that God asked them to do. We also need to ask ourselves, is there something that I'm doing to contribute to the feelings we're experiencing? Am I doing something I'm ashamed of that I can't tell other people? Is it because I'm believing lies about myself or about others? Now, the question I have to ask myself often is this, am I expecting other people to read my mind? See, nobody knows what's going on in my head, what I'm feeling, except for me. And if I need help, I need to ask. But here's some practical steps you can explore who you are and be involved in the community here at Circle. Find something you like doing and do it with someone else. Consider volunteering here at Circle to get to know more people. You know, I've done lots of things here at Circle. I'm on the board of elders. I got to speak once in a while. Uh, my favorite thing to do is work in the nursery and care for the babies so that parents can enjoy the Sunday morning service and they can enjoy community with other people, not just because I love the babies. And as much as I love holding babies and holding other people's babies, I love getting to know the other people in my team. So that's a shout out to my team for nursery pals. I miss our time together once a month. We get to spend a Sunday morning together. And if you don't know what you would like or what you could do here at Circle, would you consider joining the SHAPE class? And the SHAPE class is just uh, a class that helps you understand who you are, who, how has God made you, what are your experiences, where are the areas that you would feel most satisfied serving here at Circle? But again, as Paul said earlier, consider mentoring to address some of the lies you might be believing about yourself and learn how you can know God more. So after we look up and after we look in, we should look out. One of the things that's really helped me in my bouts with loneliness is realizing that as much as I like to think so, the world does not revolve around Brent. 
have to remind myself that often. One of the greatest lies we believe at times is, you know what? I'm the only one that feels this way or everyone else has it all together. So I should just keep my mouth shut. I can get through this. But no matter what you're feeling, you're not the only one. So why not reach out to someone else? And maybe you can be the answer to their problems. Just a couple of weeks ago when I was feeling lonely, I was believing some of those lies, like nobody cares about me. I was preparing the sermon. So now I'm feeling like a failure because I'm going to teach on this. And I started to spiral. And I didn't want to add hypocrite to that list. So uh, I was saying like you should call somebody. So I picked up the phone and I called a young missionary in Costa Rica that I mentored years ago. I just want to check in with him and encourage him. But in the course of that conversation, my whole outlook on life had changed. He now has a beautiful family. He oversees a ministry in 32 countries. And I've always known he was a good leader and believed in him. And he's had many other people in his life mentoring him. But he went on to talk about how our time working together shaped his ministry and his life. And I had no idea how much our short time together had meant to him. And it made me feel a lot better about myself. But then that night, a friend from church called and asked how our family was doing. And he asked if he could host my family for a supper and a walk. We had this great visit and he's an older uh, single gentleman. And I told him how much his phone call meant to me and how much his invite meant to us as a family. I told him about the loneliness I was feeling. Now he's divorced and he shared his struggle with loneliness with me and what God had been teaching him. And how even though he wasn't in a marriage relationship anymore, God had showed him that he had this great opportunity to just be with other people and bless other people. And he blessed us that day. See, the reality is if we want to be part of a community, then we need to make an effort to be in community. So here's a couple other practical things. Consider joining a circle group. A group of people here at Circle who will journey with, through life with you. And then I'm going to give you an easy assignment for this week. This is something that any one of us can do at any time. Call somebody and just encourage them, especially if you're lonely. Somebody comes to mind, call them up and just say, hey, how have you been doing? I've been thinking about you lately. Now, as I said, my mom has been obviously feeling lonely after my dad passed. And I called her one day and she just sounded great. I said, hey, like you sound really good today. And she said, you know, I called a couple of my friends that had lost their spouse in the last few years. And they just had a great time talking. She encouraged them. They encouraged her. And that's what it's all about, that we're in this together. And you'll be amazed at how just picking up a phone and calling somebody can bring joy to you and to others. So if you're experiencing loneliness, can I encourage you to, to remember to look up, look in, and look out. You see, God is at work. He's re recreating that perfect community by recreating us to care for each other. So let him work in and through you as we journey this life together. And if you're watching or listening today, because maybe you feel like your faith journey is not as advertised, can I encourage you, don't give up on God because he hasn't given up on you.